Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 270. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out July 22nd, 2015. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And last week we did our all-new, all-different Marvel draft, where we picked some of our books that we're looking forward to coming out of the all-new, all-different Marvel relaunch coming out in September, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of books or characters or titles missing from that, so we decided, hey, why not make up our own? So this is our all-new, all-different, all-new, all-different titles that we want to see. <laughs> and that's not repetitive or redundant in any I way. I thought it was funny. It, it is good. It's not a mouthful to say mm-hmm. either. No. Not at all. We but. never do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it's you, long, summer movie blockbuster, bracketbuster. You know what's also a long-running great thing that we do? Review beer on each and every episode. I'm sorry. It was a it was a question I was going to let you answer, and then I decided, and you know you, what? And then you didn't? No, I didn't let you answer it. Uh, you know why? Because uh, I knew the answer for once. <laughs> That's well, why. Well, do you know what beer you're drinking, John? Yeah, I do. I'm not going to let Paul answer it. No, I actually didn't know. <laughs> it's, it's a beer that we've had uh, a bit. This is from a local brewery just right around the corner from us, uh, Hamburg Brewing Company. And this is their small town. This is a Belgian-style Saison Ale. And mm. we have had this before on the show, but that was in growlers from the company, and they just started bottling. So this is uh, their first batch of bottled beers. And uh, the Belgian Saison, and it, this is a... Very enjoyable saison. Yeah, it, so it, it holds it holds up after very the much so. process. Mm-hmm. It's a very light uh, golden color to it. It's it's not cloudy, but it, it is opaque um, with the gold color. It's kind of interesting, and I like it. It has a nice pop to it. It's mm-hmm. it has a nice spice to it. It is not the same spices that you get from the Oma Gang. No. You know, saisons, but it is a nice, solid saison. A little banana-y. It's, it's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and enjoy- From the East. Enjoyable um, saison. Nothing bad to say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for this brewery having just opened 2013. Like, late late 2013 they opened, and then um, they're already bottling, and it's kind of enjoyable. There's actually uh, Resurgence's bottling, too. Nice. And there's another... Like Western New York Brewery that's bottling, too. Like, aren't they all part of the same like, initiative? Yeah, I think it's Big Ditch. Okay. But so I remember not. seeing something about it on the Facebook, and I was like, oh, that's cool that they're all kind of getting behind this program. Yeah. I don't know if it's Big Ditch or – I think it's Big Ditch, but it could be um, the guys that do the Whale and Frank. Uh, the Whale and Community Beer Works. Community Beer Works. That um, would be really good, actually. Yeah, they, they really need to get behind that, but I don't remember. Chris, uh, what do you got? Uh, I'm actually drinking a beer from one of the breweries that I, too, enjoy, and this is Full Sail. Uh, Yeah, I I found out they actually have them down here, and they had two different beers on the shelf that I haven't had before, and this one is actually a limited edition, and this is their ESP, their Extra Special Bitter, and it's available for only 90 days. They have an enjoy-by date on the side of the bottle. It says, by August 9th. So I got this pretty close to when they must have released it. Uh, I, I really like this. It's a solid bitter. It's nice and malty up front, and then you get a 
nice lingering bitter on the back of the tongue. Uh, it was seven fifty for a six pack, so it's a little bit more than some of their other stuff. But I had two uh, bombers in my hand. One was from Full Sail; it was only five ninety nine, and then I had one from Smutty Nose that was also five ninety nine. And when I saw the Full Sail six pack on the shelf, I was like, you know what? For like just a couple bucks more, I might as well get a couple beers out of that. Yeah, money versus the one bomber from Smutty Nose. So right. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I do not regret this this pick at all. They they don't let me down. Like, there's some stuff that I've had that I'm like, eh, it's, it's not terrible. It's just like, eh, you know, it's not bad. Uh, but f- most of the time, for the price and f- for what you're getting, they they usually always deliver. They're consistent, and I like that. Yeah, I respect that in a brewery. Yeah. But what do we respect about the news that happened this week? I can't say that I respect the look of uh, Apocalypse in the new Age of Apocalypse movie. Yeah, this is pretty much the big news. Uh, We got a bunch of images from the movie all coming out from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, We get to see Apocalypse for the first time, and we also get to see some of the other characters, namely Storm and Psylocke. Also, there's some shots of Jubilee and some more stuff of young Cyclops, young Jean Grey, Beast. Hmm. There's some other like behind-the-scenes stuff in there. but Yeah, uh, people referring to Apocalypse as Ivan Ooze, the villain from <laughs> the 1990s Power Rangers movie, and it's, it's it, a good comparison. It sticks. Is he red? No, no, he's like a purplish blue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you not seen the pictures yet, Paul? No, no, I didn't know oh. these were out. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking up uh, X Men Days of Apocalypse. Oh. Yeah, he. If you were expecting, you know, the huge grayish blue, yeah. like Titan with like the Kool Aid mouth, uh, you're, you're not really getting that. He looks a lot more alien. It, I mean, he has some, he looks a little, like, kind of Egyptian-y, too, which, going with, you know, him being the first mutant, that Egyptian mutant, or whatever. Like, that, I, I understand that, but the rest of the look of him, and, um, uh, it's like, um, I want to say Isaac something, I can't think of the actor. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Os- thank you. Uh, like, if... You don't even get his face in through coming through in that, and he's a very good actor. Like he's someone that you would kind of want to maybe see more of playing this villain, but you just get a guy in a big rubber suit. Yeah. Um, and I do want to say about like with uh, Psylocke, with it being um, uh, Olivia Mund. Olivia Mund. It just looks like her doing cosplay. Hey, well, you know what? That is so, just that is just her her uh, personality shining through. Yeah, because she's so you're so used to her cosplaying. Exactly. Uh, so and, I was kind of like, eh, okay, I, I can get past it, but it just like looking at her, I was like, I, I think I, I saw this when she dressed up as Princess Leia as well. Yeah, back yeah, when she the, was on Attack of the Show. The costume is basically the 1990s Psylocke costume. There's you can't really fault it for being what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much a straight translation of what you got from the, the comics. Yeah. I like guess probably the truest X-Men like, movie costume we've gotten. Ever. Yeah, ever. 
Except for, I like the new Magneto costume. Uh, the new Magneto does look good. Um, I think the most classic and original costume, though, is Professor X just being in a wheelchair with a blazer and tie. <laughs> yeah, that, that just makes sense. <laughs> um, but also, we got, uh, we're seeing we have the Mohawk Storm, which I can't remember the name of the actress who's playing her, but I don't mind that costume either. That one looks pretty good. No, that looks good. She looks good as uh, Storm. Yeah, it's it's a pretty badass looking storm costume. Have you, have you found him yet, Paul? Uh, not really. I've seen a bunch of uh, the fan like kind of mock-ups, like where I don't trust them. Well, if it looks yeah. bad, Paul, it's the it's the real one, like this right here, like in the background. Yeah, you, just go to Entertainment Weekly and type. Oh, like, Enter- Entertainment Weekly. That's where I needed to go with the EW. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, anyways, there. you guys can keep on talking about that. Enter- he just he just searched for X Men Apocalypse. Like he didn't like put movie in there or <laughs> it's Google. It knows what I mean. <laughs> no, it, obviously it didn't. Oh, there, there it is. I vamp a lot, Paul. I have yeah. nothing else to give. Yeah, man. Yep, it does look like cosplay. <laughs> And he and Apocalypse is just kind of short. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, he's as tall as Storm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Kind of, and he has dreadlocks. Okay, and Olivia Munn, you know, looking a little, like Olivia Munn in a silent <laughs> outfit. <laughs> All right, All right. Yeah, there we are. It, it is what it is, you know. It yep, is. What else we got for news? Uh, something that may not be what it seemed. Uh, and I bring this up because it kind of brings me a lot of joy. Uh, oh. Is the internet rumor about the Suicide Squad Joker. Did you see this at all, Chris? Uh, yeah, I saw it. Uh, if it is if it is true that this is not okay. Joker... Oh, well, sprinkle us. What, what, what little hints are they? Is the internet piecing together to 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 form this theory and then tell us a theory? So we take uh, the uh, new trailer from Batman v Superman. Batman versus Superman with the Robin costume. The Robin costume with it saying like, "Ha ha, the joke's on you." And also Batman receiving a note. This is you let your family die. Yep. So referring to what? Death in the family with Jason Todd dying, being beaten by the Joker in the comic books, right? You would imagine. Okay. Uh, well, you know, yeah. Well, lay, well, yeah I want yeah, you to lay the case as if you know you were you were, uh, and but, sort of leading with the whole mind blowing thing. Let's let's lead up to the mind blowing because when you told me, I'm like. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And then you told me all the specifics, and I'm like, okay, now I get to understand why the internet. Well, other like people that. have watched the trailers, Paul. Right. Well, I've seen the trailers. Yeah, these two. But tying in just from those trailers, and also with um, the images uh, that we've gotten of um, even that previous image of Jared Leto as Joker, in one of his tattoos, it looks like there's a wing that could obviously be like a Robin wing. Mm-hmm. But the thought is that this isn't. Your Joker, Joker. This is a fallen um, Jason Todd who's taken up this mantle and maybe gone crazy, and has taken over the identity of the Joker. Uh, it would explain the big kind of age difference between this older, grizzled Batman mm-hmm. and a much younger Joker. 
and also we, there's been talk that there is a fallen Robin in there, and this could be that character. Uh, and it also, like, to me as a comic book fan, the tattoos then make sense mm-hmm. versus, like, the Joker having tattooed his fan art or that stuff on him. But a Jason Todd who's become obsessed or has gone a little nuts tattooing this stuff on him yeah. makes a bit more sense to me. And, like, Paul mentioned, like, oh, the chemical bath. Maybe it just made him look young. It's like, but this isn't a Joker that looks like yeah, he went he's gone through a chemical bath. No, I, I think it's one of those things where the fan theory it will probably be better than what we actually get in the movie. It's the it's a great fan theory. I'm totally cool with it being the real thing, and maybe when I see these movies and I might be like, no, it totally makes more sense the other way. Right. At this point, not knowing anything, but mm-hmm. having that kind of put out there, I'm a little happier with how they do it. Plus, you're not going to have people comparing... Heath Ledger to Jared Leto, because you can obviously say, like, no, this is not that Joker. Joker. This is a different Joker. This is mm-hmm. somebody who I think has been trained by Batman, who's gonna who would be a better foil now versus mm-hmm. I mean Joe the Heath Leather Joker was that Joker you kind of always wanted and they captured yeah. the Joker there, where this could be something different. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought. Uh, but we do have some bracket news. Yeah. Opening this weekend, we had uh, Ant-Man crawling into theaters. Hey-o. Uh, with $58 million opening weekend, which puts it uh, just above Incredible Hulk that had an opening of $55 million. And... Below the Guardians of the Galaxy, which took everybody by surprise how, how well it did during its August release, it was the biggest August release in movie, you know, in a, since they've been re- following these kind of opening weekend numbers with 94 million. So solid, respectable numbers, uh, a little under what they were kind of estimating, which was between 60 and 65 million, which is what we saw all the other Marvel standalone first movies, you know, Captain America, the first Thor, the first Iron Man came in about uh, in the mid to high 60s. So uh, we'll see. I'm a, makes, it makes me a little nervous that it missed its mark. Maybe we won't see uh, Ant-Man 2 because he obviously will be showing up in all the other Marvel Cinematic movies like Captain America. And like Chris said uh, before we started recording that, you know, those are known characters this is a marvel character that <laughs> hardly anybody knows about and this is the marvel movie that when it was not happening was like really oh we were saying the same thing about guardians before we saw the first trailer for guardians and then john's like the music sold on the itunes it's going to be huge and i'm like i don't know john they captured the imagination of a nation <laughs> with that trailer i think really did, they really it? did. Everybody was talking last yeah. summer. Everybody was talking mm-hmm. about it. I hardly heard anyone talking about Ant Man, mm-hmm. uh, but I saw it this weekend. I saw it Thursday, um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed everything about it. 
Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I might be going tonight, uh, but I really want to check it out. Cool. Like, I'm still really excited for it. Uh, and you know, if they don't get a sequel, I'm I'm not gonna cry any tears because they've already hinted at him appearing in the other like MCU movies. And you know what? That that'd be fine with me. Yeah. And like you were kind of equating it to the Hulk, and yeah, that's that's fine because it we've had two Hulk movies so far that just haven't performed. But you know what? People love him in those other films. And if that's the best way to get that character through to the audiences, like, yeah, why throw the money towards something that's just not going to recoup it? Have him, you know, be that side player. Same thing, Black Widow. I mean, if they made a Black Widow movie, people would be excited for it. People would go see it, but I don't think it would perform as well as Guardians of the Galaxy or Avengers, even, you know? I No, I agree. But people love her in those movies. Mm-hmm. We got the science bros with the Hulk and, uh, you know, Tony Stark. People love the science bros together, so maybe Ant-Man can find a cool uh, team-up friend over in the uh, rest of the Marvel Universe. Maybe we can get a, uh, uh, you know, normal guy, family guy bro. Uh, well, not family guy, but, you know, dead yeah, bro. Dead bros. Dead bros. Dead bros. Maybe with Hawkeye. There you go. See, Spo- that's, spo- that's, that's something I would be excited to see. So, spoilers for Age of Ultron if you haven't seen it. <laughs> What'd you think we by know this everyone time? did. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check the uh, movie numbers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Let's divide the total grossing divided by the population average theater s- sales. Yep. Everybody. Has what seen is it. what is Ant Man up against on the bracket? Uh, it's up against Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Oh, okay. So Which that makes me nervous. It still looks horrible. Like they're putting out new trailers for it, mm-hmm. and it just it doesn't look good. Doesn't. Now you're getting like clips of the actual actors in it and the delivery of the lines is pretty terrible. Uh, like it's not even rated yet. So I, I think they're just not showing it to people. At um at the Ant-Man trail at Ant-Man they showed the trailer. Mm-hmm. And when it was done like my girlfriend looked over at me and she's like, "Ugh." And I said, "It looks like a made for TV movie." Like it like the acting everything just didn't mm. look like it hit that's really too bad <laughs> but it's also a movie we know what you know behind the scenes it got made so fox could keep the rights to it like it looked like for a while there was that good two-week period where we're like guys it's not happening it's they're not going to get it done and then all of a sudden nope they're in production <laughs> yeah daredevil fell back to marvel they're like they're like well it was one or the other and they did fantastic four yeah. This is our this is our uh, Hail Mary pass here to try to get it uh, into the X Men universe. Well, so look forward just, to Fantastic Four reverting to Marvel pretty soon. I say just speculation. Do you think uh, Fox would team up with Marvel like Sony has? Um, I did. I thought I saw an article. I was trying to find it before um before we recorded, where it you know is a picture of like the Avengers with. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine standing mm-hmm. in front of him saying that they're trying, like, Fox yeah. wants to work a deal out. Um, I can understand, yeah, for a character like Wolverine, yes. For the Fantastic Four, the Marvel has positioning themselves both within the comics and on television and now in movies to replace X-Men with the Inhumans. And I think they're, they're like in the third period of that plan. And we're just waiting for how it all shakes out, you know. Yeah. Being there's three periods in a 
game of hockey. I, I, I'm I saying that. Were... I'm saying that you know because I know my metaphor might be lost on non-sports <laughs> on John. people. No, you like hockey. Most people like hockey, right, Chris? Yeah, most people do like hockey. Yeah. And are you guys ready for another beer? We're waiting for Sissy Paul to finish his. Oh, well, Chris, what what other beer are you drinking? I was putting a pause in because I still have to finish oh. mine and open the next one. Oh, okay. That's why I left. That's why I left it blank. Well, here I'm having the uh, Firestone Easy Jack IPA. This is a session IPA. Oh, Firestone. And this is a very nice. Firestone uh, is one of my kind of like, ooh, should I try that? Because they make one of my favorite beers of all time, Wookie Jack, the Rye IPA. Uh, their double, what is it called, Double Jack? Their double IPA. It's okay. Yeah. It's it's solid. But um, nothing that I would keep on buying. I uh, So I'm kind of excited to try this session ale. It's nice. It's a little ghosty. The flavors kind of pop and then kind of disappear right away. Uh, I've been steering clear of the Firejack Firestone Firestone, um, because of their Oktoberfest beer. Oh, right. That one. Which made it sound like it was an oak-aged Oktoberfest. But it was just ghost. It just was a bad Oktoberfest. This reminds me of the Otter Creek Session IPA. Their Session. More so than first, anything else. Yeah, first, first burst pop. of flavor mm-hmm. is there, but then yeah, but the, that's yeah, but that's Otter, a session. The Otter Creek, the flavor lingers. I got it's still there. It's just not as punched and you know punched up as you know. I would have to taste the Otter Creek in this side by side, but right now I'm thinking if the price points are similar, I I, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like you got a flavor in your tongue, but I can't say that it's an enjoyable one after you've swallowed. It's that. It's a little tinny. Yeah. No, it's not tinny. It's that I'm getting a lot of nice hoppiness all the way through. That that res, that resiny kind of hoppy. That resin hop. You say resin, I say tin. tin. Yeah, but uh, that's what, what you taste, and that's what, what exactly. I taste, and um, that's what the listeners come here for. No, but I I mean it's not for me to be wrong. It's not. I wouldn't say that it's bad, but I don't think like the flavors just wash mm-hmm. over. It hits that front of your tongue. And then just piddles away. Yeah, but at 4.5, when it piddles away, you can go right back and take another sip yeah, real but, quick. I mean, it, yeah, but that's not what we do. <laughs> but there are, I mean, there are, set. you say it's a session beer, but there are session beers that you can drink and go, man, that is a great beer. Mm-hmm. You know, all day IPA. I really like the uh, Over Easy from Otter Creek. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. good session. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, this... Doesn't happen for me. I'm still think. I think it. I have a nice flavor throughout. Even still, I've had two sips of this, and it's still good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Okay. I think the price point might scare me off, and I probably would still go with those other two that you've mentioned over this. But well, what is this? I would like a a six or a four pack. It's a six pack, and but it's Firestone, so I think it's probably ten ninety nine. That seems a lot for a yeah session. You know, especially since over easy you can get for eight ninety nine, two bucks less. Yeah. Chris, did you get a chance to have your beer yet? Yeah, I'm back. I uh, I, I just poured my beer and sat down. What are you guys drinking? We're drinking Firestone <laughs> Easy Jack IPA. I thought we were gonna take a pause, and I came back, and you were 
talking about things. No, we we figured, we thought we'd we'd I was ready to go, so I jumped into it, and yeah, I maybe some of us on the show like to hear what you have to say, though. Hey, our episode will be up by Wednesday. <laughs> Jump right to the twenty minute mark, Chris. No, I, I heard you get into it as I was uh, getting up. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, my next beer is also from Full Sail, and this is a bomber of Hell's Lager. This was five ninety nine. It is, I don't know what ABV it is. They don't have it on the bottle here. Five ninety nine. Price point for a bomber oh, though. Six oh, percent. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a lager. It's uh, pale, like that kind of golden color. I I don't know if just like the conditioning of the bottle makes it extra carbonated, but it's very bubbly. It's like after I take a sip of it, I have to like swallow a couple more times just because I got like the like the bubbles still in the back of my throat. It's a little bit uh, kind of tinny, almost like what you guys were saying. It's like a metallic-y, but I think that might just be from like the hops that they use on it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not bad. It's it's a lager. Like I'm not a big lager guy, you know. Yeah. But five ninety nine. Like I'll I'll finish the bottle. You know, it's it's not bad. I rather drink two of these than two like Labatt's or like Molson Canadians or whatever, you know. It basically costs the same as those, so yeah. still still a good buy, but you know, not one of their better offerings, but like I said, I I'm never really let down by anything. I'm just like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, I'd agree. I anytime you pick up their beer, it, it doesn't hurt your wallet. And, you know, I I'd say what about seventy five percent of the time it's a beer that you're like, oh yeah, I would definitely drink this again. Might not yeah, be this your is, favorite, but always drinkable. And this is one of their brewers share where it's a beer that one of their brewers sat down and was like, hey, I want to make this. And this was by Francisco Martinez. But full sale, they seem like a cool brewery. Mm-hmm. They're employee owned and they give their employees a chance just to say like, hey, I want to make one of these, and then they do the limited release bottles of it. So I'm fine with supporting them still. Cool. Thanks, Paul. You're cool too. And what else? Is That's going to be the episode title, isn't it? I have no idea. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Uh, and what else is cool, Paul? Uh, comic books that are coming out July 22nd. This is true. Chris, <laughs> what are you looking forward to coming out July 22nd? Uh, I'm looking forward to a book coming out from DC, and this is We Are Robin number two, written by Lee Bermijo with art by Rob Haynes. I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, you can hear our review of it. Uh, I don't remember what episode number that was, but if you just go on to bangboard.com and then in the search bar type in We Are Robin, you'll you'll find that episode. You should listen to it and then rate and review us on iTunes. Um, People all around Gotham are rising up and taking on the mantle of Robin, and someone's taking an interest in that. We're going to get a little bit more insight on who who the man is behind the scenes. Alfred. It's going to be Alfred. Okay. <laughs> no, no worries. This is all supposition, but it's probably going to be Alfred. But I, I know this is one, uh, one of the books that I really enjoyed the, uh, in our last look back. I'm looking forward to seeing where this one goes, because I... I gotta read a Robin book, otherwise I wouldn't be Chris. Hey, I completely <laughs> understand that position. 
Uh, but Paul, what book are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the fun and zany addicts of uh, two great girls over at DC, and that is Harley Quinn and Power Girl, number two. Uh, they were kidnapped by Vertox, who's a creepy mustached uh, space dictator who has the fondness for the Power Girl. Mm. And uh, they're Does not- he look like you at all? No, he has the, like... I can, I can see them just drawing you into this. <laughs> he, he wears a completely open shirt with the stubbly uh, chest hair. Hey, and, I, uh, it sounds pretty similar right now. Uh, he's saying. got like a widow's peak of black hair and then a like Fu Manchu style mustache. So they took but, some liberties is what you're saying. But his mustache is more mutton choppy than, than Fu Manchu. You know, so it's just that grown, that goatee without the uh, chin kind of thing. Hmm. Like the Hulk Hogan pre- mustache. Yeah, yeah, but longer. Longer. It goes all the way down. Uh, so it's fun. And uh, Stefan Rue is on art. So, oh, there you go. And written by Jimmy Polymayati and Amanda Connor. Those two can do no wrong. So there you go. So that is that. John. What uh, crazy number one from some indie developer are I'm we looking using? forward to? A, you know, it does it, a number it? one from Image Comics. <laughs> okay, and very this, good. I'm in. This is this is called uh, Wolf. This is written by Al's Knot and art by Matt Taylor. Uh, and this is a hard-boiled detective story with uh, paranormal. So something we won't be talking about on. Oh, back. we'll probably never talk about this again. Uh, it's a, a hard-boiled paranormal detective with a des- death wish uh, who has to uh, cope with the sudden responsibility of taking care of this orphan girl because he believes that she might be the key to the apocalypse. Is she the wolf or is he the wolf? He's the wolf because his name's Antone Wolf. Hmm. Uh, Antoine Wolf or Antone? Antone? Okay. I don't know. You never met the guy? No. He never introduced himself to me. <laughs> hey, here's here's a fun fact about me. I don't know if you guys know this, but I was almost named Anton. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, probably I don't know where my mom got that one from. but I don't, I don't know if we would have been friends. <laughs> I, I probably would not have liked myself. Now you would Sorry just... if anyone out there is named Anton. I'm just, I don't seem like an Anton. I'm a, I'm a tall, gangly guy. My name's Anton Roy. <laughs> he would have just went by Roy. You would have just went by your last name if you didn't like your first name. Because your first, your last name can also be a first name, you know? I, a lot of people still call me Roy, so. Exactly. So, there you go. We wouldn't be calling you Anton. We'd just be calling you Roy the whole time. Or maybe I'd be one of those people that just goes by my middle name. Hmm. Cody? Well, I don't, I don't know if it would have been Cody. Yeah. Hmm. That's... There's a parallel universe out there somewhere where there's like an Anton Elijah Roy walking around. That'd be funny if he's half your size, though. (laughs) Full head of hair. (laughs) Just the self-loathing alone just caused him to stop growing. And here's the thing. He plays basketball. (laughs) (laughs) He's an amazing point guard. Doesn't need to quite the height. He's so good. He's so good. He doesn't need to dribble as far. <laughs> Just close. They refer to him as a power dribbler, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that got away from us. Yeah. Uh, 
But you know what never gets away from us? No, actually, I don't. And now, a dramatic reading from Dr. Fate, number one, page eight, panel 11. There's no hurricane, Mom. It's just the news making things sound worse. Remember, snowpocalypse? It's all B period S period. I thought there were three periods in hockey. (laughs) (laughs) That was a dramatic reading from Dr. Fate, number one, page eight, panel 11. If you want to see that uh, panel that Paul so lovingly brought to life, check out the show notes over at BegBoard.com. He just seems like a whiny kid. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he does. does. You're not wrong. All right. Well, there you go. That's the voice that he would have then as a whiny kid. And Paul and I lived through the uh, snowpocalypse. snowpocalypse. I, I missed it, but no. I mean, the winter we before call- was pretty rough, too. So We were calling it Snowmageddon, though, not Snowpocalypse. We, we trade we trade that uh, end verbiage for, like, Carmageddon. Mm. Yeah. Car- Is, that like Snow- Car- Rock- Is that like Rocktober? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was when they uh, shut down, like, the freeway in Los Angeles for a while. There was a freeway that got shut down, and they were... Calling that people would get stuck in their cars for days. So is Carmageddon. Mm. Traffic and snow. Megans. I guess so. <laughs> Toyotathon. Yeah, those are marathons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing else to contribute Ellipses. to that, so I apologize. That's fine. Right, but I well. bet you have something to contribute to the main topic. What is yeah, like this we- main topic? Yeah. What? What is this main topic this week? Well, if you missed the beginning of the show, which I hope you didn't, Paul, because you're in charge of recording it. Like I said, uh, last week we drafted the books that we're looking forward to coming out as part of the all-new, all-different Marvel relaunch. And with some titles and characters not actually being anywhere around. Paul, this was a Paul baby, right? No, this was a John baby. That was a John baby. Uh, John I came am, up with the idea, I like, hey, what, what are two books you want to see, and who would be on them? Yeah. So, John, this was your baby. Uh, why don't you start us off? All right. Because uh, you guys already know what books I'm picking. <laughs> you guys were text messaging before we even recorded. <laughs> Taking, getting the over-unders. Getting the Vegas bets down. Uh, <laughs> so one character that's not going to be showing up, uh, mm. the Hulk is, but not Bruce Banner. And I thought it'd be interesting to have a story focusing on uh, the science bro, the science bro, Bruce Banner without the Hulk. You know, he now has that time in his life where he can devote to being a scientist or finding that person that he loves or buying pants and not having to worry about destroying them, painting murals. Exactly, and. Uh, I kind of want a story where he wants all of this, but he keeps kind of getting drawn back into the world of being a superhero. It would kind of be funny because now he can get angry, so he can he just starts snapping at like the <laughs> smallest things ever. Like the line for Starbucks is too long, and he just it's like I just got to deal with it. I'm not wait. I'm not turning into the Hulk. Why am I so angry? Why is this line so long? Yeah, he's got to get to the chopper. He's got to get to the chopper. He's just—I I think that would be funny that he, since he now can get angry. 
everything sets him off. Yeah. I'd like to see him more, like, in, uh, you know, getting sucked into these things, but finding his way, maybe working with S.H.I.E.L.D. or following up on those loose threads left in Jonathan Hickman's S.H.I.E.L.D. run. And that's why I put Jonathan Jonathan Hickman as the writer Ah. of this book. And uh, his S.H.I.E.L.D. artist, Dustin Weaver, on this. Uh, Because I think Dustin has a great way of bringing in, you know, that craziness that's going on, keeping it to somewhat realistic and being able to show the emotion on those people's face. Because I do want to see him get angry. And like you said, like, have that moment where he's like, I gotta calm down. (laughs) No, fuck that guy. I'm flipping the table. This guy's an asshole. I'm not gonna back down. And then be like, maybe I will back down, because if I punch you, I'm gonna break my fist. I think that would be interesting. That would be a lot of fun. And I'm not looking for, uh, like, a full run on this, but, uh, like, a mini story arc, (laughs) mini series. I think that'd be fun. Checking in. What the the hell is Bruce Banner going to be doing anyways? You know, hanging out with the Buddhist monks that he kind of learned the, like, crazy meditation from, how to keep his anger in check. I bet he's going to be helping those Avengers that are, like, the AIM Avengers. Yeah. He's going to be working with those guys. Yeah, yeah. The the, uh, Avengers uh, Ideas in Motion, or whatever it's called. Yeah, because that's going to be a good book. (laughs) Mechanics. It's going to be a great book. (laughs) Now, John, who's actually going to be drawing this book, though? Uh, Dustin Weaver. He said that. Did you say that? I, did, I missed that part. I'm sorry. It's okay. He, he, Dustin Weaver, he said, can get all the facial expressions that he wants to see when Bruce gets angry, but not Hulk angry. Yeah. Mm. Chris, yes. I'm attentive and I'm listening. Tell me which <laughs> book. I, Sell me on good. your book. That's good because I was not being attentive. Yeah, we noticed. I know. I'm sorry for that. What um, what beer are you guys drinking? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite characters at Marvel has always been the young Jubilation Lee, and for some reason, she just hasn't really been around. Uh, I really enjoyed the X Men book when that first started coming out, written by Brian Wood, uh, and I just kind of fell off of it as I started cutting back on books. But I always want to know what happened to Jubilee, and so the baby? of course. I don't care about the baby. <laughs> you didn't care about the well, hey, baby. This is after the world. She might not have a baby. She also might not be a vampire. It's it's called, it's not. I, I was okay with everything that happened, but you know what? I just want I just want a little bit of Jubilee back. Mm-hmm. And for this book, I want it actually written by Brian Augustine, who, if you don't recognize the name, he worked over on Flash, and he was actually the creator of Crimson over at DC Cliffhanger. Oh, nice. So, so he's a character writer that can actually do young teens, and he can delve into the kind of crazy superpowers or the supernatural. So whichever way he decides to go with this book, I, I feel like it would be in good hands. If if she's still a vampire, he has that crimson background. He's, he's got the, he's laid the groundwork for it. If um, she's just an angsty teen, he can do an angsty teen without being whiny, which was really nice about Crimson. One of the best, most things that I enjoyed. Yeah, and I mean, he handled uh, Bart Allen uh, over in The Flash as well as Wally West, so he knows how to handle, like, young teen kind of, I, I don't want to say impulsive characters, but then he can also handle 
you know, a character that's been around the block a few times and knows a little bit more, mm-hmm. which should be a jubilee. Like, she grew up with the X-Men. She's a little bit more knowledgeable of the world than I think some people give her credit for being. Uh, but for this, I need it drawn by character that, not character, a artist that can handle young characters and then still do some, like, fun, crazy action. And for that, I picked Marcus Toe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, he's an f- outstanding artist, and he excels at actually drawing facial facial features that don't just all look the same. And I need that in a book where you have characters now wearing crazy masks and costumes. Like, you need to be able to look at her and tell who she is. Yeah. And I, I think Marcus Toe could pull that off. Yeah, I really liked him on uh, Batgirl as well. Yeah. A Jono. It'd be Paul. Oh, you went first, yeah. Paul. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm not attentive at all today. I'm sorry. It's a call, Paul, my, tell, my mind's wandering a lot. Paul, tell us who's <laughs> writing your fantastic book. I'm going to hold that off for my second book. <laughs> if you guys know it's coming. So let me go a little uh, crazier. We, we saw a lot of, uh, like, we have an evil X-Men team. And we also have, like, the, you know, villains that came together. Uh, I think in one of the other books... I'm not sure. Like oh, the Illuminati. Illuminati. That's the other one. You know, but I kind of want to... Chris, you were a fan of the uh, Sinister, what, Foes of Spider-Man, right? The Nick Spencer book? I actually didn't read that book. I, I was just reading I, Superior Spider-Man, okay. but I heard good things about it. I heard it. a lot of good things. I heard yeah. a lot of good things. And, and after I started reading Ant-Man, I was like, oh, I kind of want to go back. Yeah, so it's one of those about. books that I kind of, you know, since I'm not going to get this book that I'm going to ask for right now, I'm probably going to go back and read those Sinister Foes of Spider-Man books because it sounds like a lot of fun. And I think that's what this new Marvel, all new, all different Marvel is missing. Uh, a kind of team that is uh, the oddball villains that are coming together to kind of just survive in this new world order. And uh, they would come under the mantle of Thunderbolts. You know, because yeah. they were a team of villains. And you need somebody that's willing to go kind of crazy, kind of go with the outlandish. And that is uh, Abnett. He's uh-huh. no longer doing it, Abnett and Lanning. Oh, okay. You know, uh, he did uh, uh, MI13 with the Marvel. When you said, I thought I was, uh, when you said Abnett, I was thinking the char- like a character. That's no. why I had that look. But now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, the characters would be like your, you know, like uh, Wrecker. <laughs> uh, you know, the one, uh, the agent of Hydra that they got running around every once in a while. That seems to kind of be a little ripoff of uh, what they were doing with the cartoon that was on uh, Adult Swim. The two Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 the two agents. From Venture Brothers. From Venture Brothers. Yeah, they got it, one of those guys. You throw that guy in there, too. He gets this kind of old Hydra agent that's just trying to survive being a Hydra agent. Um, you, you throw in Absorbing Man, you know, and, you know, get the get Shocker back in there because he's a schlub. You know, a team of schlub villains just trying to make rent. Right, and they have to go up against like D Man. Yeah, honestly, D Man was almost one of the books that I picked. I I <laughs> thought it might have been. <laughs> you so love D Man. It was one of those things. Like when I was driving home from work today, it was on my mind. Like, do I pick D Man? They hang out at a bar. How would you know that? Because I know you love D Man. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I would like them to hang out at a bar run by Purple Man. 
you know, because he can change people's emotions. So anytime people are getting too rowdy, he just like calms them down. He's the bartender and also the bouncer, the bouncer. at the same time. You know, because what else is he going to do? Like, here, feel better. Drink this. Well, yeah. well we always got to go back for a beer there. I always feel so much better <laughs> when I leave. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so that's the kind of cast of characters. And I think Abnett could do uh, a really good job uh, writing it. And, uh, you know, with the artist that I didn't see on All New, All Different, who's been a mainstay over at Marvel for the past, like, five years? Michael Red. I didn't see his name on a single book. So, boom. Fun, wacky, zany adventures. Mike Allred. Uh, well, I think that some of those books, I think, might be still staying with their own oh, okay. uh, continuity. Because we didn't see Black Widow or The Punisher that are both written by... Um, but we also see on the solicitations for Black Widow, it's called, like, The Last Days of Black Widow. But they're, they're Edmondson, who, mm-hmm. I mean, he was writing two or three books over at Marvel, and now he's got, he's not writing anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe they continue on. Yeah, maybe. That's what I was just thinking, that yeah. these are books that'd be announced with those same creative teams or writers or mm-hmm. what have you. Well, you know, Mike Allred, he's he's a workhorse. He can handle another book if he's, yeah. you know, on top of Silver Surfer, if that's what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, Thunderbolts by uh, Abnett and uh, my, art by All, uh, Allred. By the yeah. Allreds. And before we get into our... Next round of books, I think it's time for our final round of beer. Right, John? That's right. Will you take a pause at least this time so I can hear it? Yeah, sure. We're going to pause. Chris, I know you can't wait any longer, (laughs) but we have the Hamburg Brewing Company's Indian Pale Ale. This is 6% by volume. Uh, You're right. The bottles look really nice. They're very clean. They're just white. With uh, This one has green labeling. Uh, for the IPA, the small town had yellow, and it's just all on the one side. It's very graphic design. Yeah, it's uh, very. They, nice. they remind me of Six Point stuff almost. Uh, yeah. not as like. It, it's yeah. not as propaganda y, but it's still like that very simple, very clean. clean. Yeah, clean. Uh, this has a great nose to it. Great it's nose. Toasted. It's like a roasted, toasted kind of uh, nose, but I don't get a roasted, toasted kind of IPA flavor on it. No, but it's got this great mm-hmm. buttery mouthfeel, like, after mm-hmm. you're done sipping it, and it just lingers. Uh, it's, it's again, I'm going to say it, a round flavor. Yeah. yeah I man. really like it. And I, having had this, I go... I'm so glad I got a six-pack of this. I don't think I have. I've had the IPA. Oh. Or if I did, I just had it, like, in a sample, like, in a... Mm-hmm. You know, with did they used to call this the house dressing? No, I think that would say house dressing on it. I think this. No, is yeah, just... they always had an IPA. I can't remember. Okay, yeah, if it had like a special name or anything. At all. Because this is almost like drinking ranch dressing. <laughs> you know, it's no, that kind the of house creaminess. dressing was more like oily. It was more like a like an Italian almost. Mm-hmm. But this this has a creaminess and it's, that it's hoppiness. Just, it's like that's a, a nice spice. This it's is the Chardonnay kind of, of IPAs because mm-hmm. it has that, that buttery. butteriness mm-hmm. to it. But not pear that you get from it. Not a buttery pear like you get from a Chardonnay. But yeah, nice IPA hoppy spice. Yeah. But this is, yeah. It's really good. I would pick a six pack, six pack of that up at any time. Like yeah. if I'm just now looking for uh, an enjoyable beer, boom. Six percent, also not knocking your socks off, but a solid get you there beer and yeah it's it's great it is very good chris what are you drinking is it as uh, great is it what was that 
Are your sales full, Chris? Uh, this is not a full sale beer, unfortunately. Uh, this is from a brewery that I actually had never heard of before. Um, I got two from them. One I'm going to save for episode number 271, so you'll hear about it next week. But this is from Laughing Dog Brewing, based out of Idaho. Did you guys know Idaho had breweries? No, I know they have potatoes. There I just imagine they this made a This isn't a vodka, vodka, though. It is actually, this is a beer. Okay. Uh, I like this you is talk the... down to us about it. This is a beer? <laughs> it's from the state that has a stovepipe hood on it. It's Idaho. Uh, this is Alpha Dog. It's an Imperial IPA. It's 8.5% ABV. Uh, this also was like four ninety nine or five ninety nine. I tried to go on the cheap for this week's show just to mm-hmm. see like what kind of stuff I could get. If you can drink on a budget, smart, very good. I, I I really want to grab the orange chocolate from Southern Tier, but they have a ton of it there, so okay. I was like, hey, I can get that next week. Mm-hmm. And, um, you haven't had it yet, right? I haven't, and like they've had it at the store I go to every week, and I'm like, eh, I can get it. Yeah, hey, I can get it. John's girlfriend, Caitlin, friend of the show. Uh, she left a little bit here, and I had it uh, during lunch, and it was delicious. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it is really good. It's, it's their best dessert beer they make. But back um, to Alpha Dog. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Next week's definitely the week. Uh, you'll hear that on 271 as well. But Alpha Dog, it's an Imperial IPA. Um, it's definitely an Imperial IPA. You get a little bit of that honey, mm. but then you get... It's almost like a citrusy sweetness with it, but then there's a spice there too. It's I can't place it exactly with the honey and like the like the orange sweet, but it's almost like a clove. It's really good. I did not expect that from a five dollar Imperial IPA from a brewery out of Idaho. Uh, but I'm very pleasantly surprised, and I can't wait to try the other one I have from them, which was a black IPA. Nice. I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't bought a black IPA in a while because they've kind of fallen off. Like people aren't really doing those as much now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After the black IPA boom of twenty eleven or whenever it was now. Probably twenty thirteen, twenty twelve, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Alpha Dog. Not a bad first showing. Uh I can't wait to try the next one. I hope I'm not let down, but you know what, if I don't like it, hey at least that one was only like five bucks too. Yeah. There you go. Sounds good. Chris. It's just like cloves and honey. Mm, that does sound delicious. Like orange. Not as... Like, oh. Then IPA. Hmm. So what book starts off clove and honey-like and then finishes off like an IPA? Or the all-new, all-different, all-new, all-different Bagnum Bordcast <laughs> Marvel book? This is a great title, Chris. The <laughs> <laughs> um, so one question that's probably been on everybody's minds where is Doc Octopus is, is where's Hobie Brown Kobe Bryant Hobie Brown I don't know who Kobe who Hobart Brown Hobie no I don't who nobody knows who he is but he is the old Spider-Man villain known as the Prowler <laughs> oh Miles Morales's ultimate father um for some reason, I don't know why, but the Prowler was one of my favorite '90s Spider-Man villains. Because he wasn't—he he wasn't just a villain. He was like, oh, he'd help Spider-Man out. He, he started off as a villain, and then he kind of learned the error of his ways and went to the side of the angels. 
Um, but he hasn't really been around. <laughs> I'm sorry. He went to the side of the angels. Hey, <laughs> it made me laugh. He became a good guy. He got traded from the New under, Jersey Devils. Under. Started taking up baseball and got traded to uh, the Angels. And then he just waited for them to show up in the outfield. <laughs> under the tutelage of Spider-Man, he he became a good guy. Like there's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, but he really hasn't been around anymore because he wasn't that great of a character, but there's just something about his terrible purple and green costume that always just stood out to me. Um, so I kind of want to see what's going on with the Prowler now. Because well, I, I decided I wanted to buy all the other Spider Family books, so why not add in <laughs> Another Prowler. one on top of the 12 that are already coming out? All right. Yeah. Well, isn't he... I, I still got stuck with Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> In the Ultimate Universe, I believe uh, the Prowler is Miles Morales' dad. So now that if he com- if that is the character that comes over in the universe, you might actually kind of see the Prowler uh, in the you know, regular that, 616. That would be wonderful. And I, I've got the creative team and everything already lined up for it. Ooh, I, what's the creative team? Is it Brian what? Michael Bendis? <laughs> No, he probably could handle it, though. See, I, I, I saw this when I was actually talking about Spider-Man uh, in last week's episode, but I never really read the Miles Morales stuff, so everything's still pretty fresh for me after Spider-Verse. Uh, and it stands the Prowler. That's kind of cool. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm going to Wikipedia right now to double-check my work. Yeah, check that out, because that would be awesome. Um, while you're looking that up... Mm-hmm. For someone to write this, I want someone that has written comic books before, but he might not be a well-known name. And the reason I'm picking him is actually because he wrote an issue of Spider-Man Unlimited, which was a Spider-Man anthology comic that came out in the early 2000s. And in that, he wrote like a one-shot story about a Spider-Man villain named Slide, S-L-Y-D-E, who was like a Teflon coated super villain? Okay, and he, like he was wearing like a special suit coated in Teflon, so he could slide everywhere, like almost like he was like little kid ice skating across the floor, or like he had heelys. Hmm. Or like he had heelys. Almost, because like he, it like just how his costume was like he had no like traction, so he could just like slide around. Hence the name. And then Spider-Man's webs wouldn't stick to him, so that's how he would get away from everything. And he was just like a total schlub villain. And I get that same feeling from the Prowler. And I want Brian Lynch to come back and write this character. Um, Some of the other stuff that Brian Lynch has actually written is he did the screenplay for Minions, Puss in Boots, and he did the story for the... uh, Despicable Me ride at Universal Studios Orlando. And then he was also the writer of the Angel comic book that was coming out from IDW. It was like Angel Season 5 or 6, whichever season Joss Whedon didn't feel like doing after television. But he was behind that and he worked with Joss Whedon actually on the handling of his other property after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You ready to learn the secret origins that I messed up? Because I Go am always it. wrong. Was uh, he in the Ultimate Universe, though? Yeah, Prowler's nephew 
is Miles Morales. Okay, that's that's close that's enough. Close enough uh, for a guy who doesn't pro- read the book. The Prowler yeah. stole the uh, Osborne recreated formula to uh, of the Spider of Spider Man uh, and won the Spider the Spider Spider the Spider Man creating spiders crawled into the Prowler stuff of bag and then later bit grade schooler Miles Morales. Okay, that's well, actually kind of cool that he's responsible then for yep. the. So he's not his dad, but he's Spider-Man's dad in some way. Because <laughs> he, oh, he's the uncle. He's the daddy uncle. There you go. <laughs> the dunkle, we'll yeah. call that. Yeah, the dunkle. Not the, <laughs> um, not the gunkle. Well, there you go. But yeah, it's it, it's a weird pick, I know. Um, and then for artwork on this, I need someone that can handle young characters and then do superhero stuff and still deliver some fun, crazy action. And for this, I'm actually going to go with Freddie Williams III, who was the artist over on Robin for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I'm and sensing I, a theme with your artists. I, I know. like I can't get away from it. it. It finds its way into my main topic picks. It finds its way into my uh, list pick. Mm-hmm. I, if it's something Chris is talking about, it's always going to be related to Robin pretty much. I understand that. I'm going to do the same with Fantastic Four. It's okay. <laughs> and is that your? Is that actually your book? It will be when, when, when we get to it. But no, uh, yeah, J. Uh, H. Williams the third, not J. H. Williams, Freddie, uh, Williams. Freddie Williams the third. Man, they're both the third too. Yeah, great. Yeah. energy. I, I would love them to be on a book together. Uh, I like how he sets up the fight scene. You know, with the fight scenes, like he uses. He he tells the story of the fight scene within the panels in the scenes. You know, you know it's not just like a punch. Uh, he, he actually uses the aerobatics of that Robin character. So with the Prowler, I'm guessing you're going to get that same kind of acrobatics kind of going on. So uh, I could I could understand the flow of a fight scene going really well with him. There's some flow there, and I. I do want to say that when he was on JSA, he was teamed up with, like, the worst colorist ever. And I think that was when James Robinson was on the book. No, with J.H., uh, he was with, when he was on JSA, it was with, um... Because that's yeah, right Fables. when you're, like... Fables. I'm not, Bill oh, Willingham. Bill Willingham. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, cause because that's when Bill like, Willingham nope. teamed up and was Done. with him on uh, Robin. But Jono, uh, I'm going to go for a collaborative book. This is a team-up book okay. in writer and in characters, and I'm going to bring uh, Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker back. Oh, I didn't know we could do that. You should. <laughs> should do it. Do it, John. Uh, and they are going to be writing a grittier with uh, still a little fun because you have to have Danny Rad being fun. But this is going to be Heroes for Hire, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, gritty New York City, taking back the streets. Stopping at hot dog stands. Yeah. There's, there's still going to be some fun. There's got to be some fun to this mm-hmm. book. But I wanted to be a little more gritty. And uh, for art, uh, Francesco Francovelli. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I love this guy's work from mm-hmm. um, Hawkeye. Um, can't wait to see what else he's doing. He's doing all the covers for like the Archie books. Yes. <laughs> which look good. Okay, mm-hmm. that Archie book really has piqued my interest. 
Because it's written by Mark Wade and then Fiona Staples is doing the actual doing art. The art. And then they have like every comic book artist ever doing variants, mm-hmm. too. I know. It's bizarre. It looks good. It looks interesting. It looks like the new 52 we deserved. <laughs> <laughs> At Riverdale. <laughs> At Riverdale. Uh, but uh, no, I've. I like these characters. We haven't had a Heroes for Hire with the two of those characters together in years. Mm-hmm. You get them teaming up here or there, helping out in each other's books when they have a book going. Yeah, they're like the final page turn, and you're like, well, of course it's him showing up to help out and save the day. Yeah. Of course it's Luke Cage. Of course it's Danny Rand. Exactly. And I, I think this is a smart pick of a book, mm-hmm. just because, too, like, with Daredevil being a, such a runaway hit over on Netflix... These characters are going to be kind of thrown into the limelight pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, and you need to have them actually represented in the comics. I I never realized it was my life goal until we just kind of mentioned it. But my new life goal is to be drawn as a hot dog vendor <laughs> in a comic. <laughs> That's my new life goal. Good to Abe Lowe. I just I just really want that to happen. We've been doing this for like seven years, six We're, years, six years. We like seven. It feels like seven. Feels like seven. We're almost at 300 episodes of this show, uh, reviewing and talking about comic books and giving out awards to writers like, you know, our creator bracket and artists. You know, maybe, maybe they can throw me a bone and, uh, draw me in one of their books as a hot dog vendor. We need (laughs) to find out whoever is going to be drawing the new, like, Starman or (laughs) X Factor book whenever. They inevitably announce it and like contact that guy and be like, "You don't understand how big a fan Paul is. Just draw him as a hot dog vendor, just in the background. Somewhere. Just in the background. I don't. Yeah, I don't need any screen time. Just so I know. Like they made Kevin Rose from Dignation uh, 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 on the had him and Alex Albrecht on the cover of a Captain America issue. Like, and they don't even talk about comic books. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing, but too. Dignation Not that is comic book artists that are going to be working on any of those books that you love. Even if it does, it have to be a book you would read, or could it be anything. It could be anything. You like, I would love comic book artist. I would love it in the throw, new Archie. Throw Paul in the background, and you know what? I'll I'll buy that page. Oh, I, I'd buy that issue. Yeah. I was gonna say no. I'll, I'll buy the page and give it to Paul for his birthday or something. Great. Doesn't even need to have a, a standard character on there, you know? It could just be a, a uh, positional shot. Splash, <laughs> just a splash page of a guy yeah. giving out hot dogs. Just, you it's know, like, one of those, it's issue the one, Baxter building. One. The Baxter building, I'm there handing out a hot dog in front of the Baxter building. It would be amazing. Hi, this is Dean Thomas from Make-A-Wish. We were just hoping if you could draw an <laughs> uh, unlucky, but maybe soon-to-be lucky gentleman in uh, one of the backgrounds of your books. How old is he? 32. 32. Is he dying of anything? No. Well, he's Cirrhosis dying. of the liver. He's dying to be in one of your books in the background <laughs> as a hot dog vendor. No, I, I don't think it's that weird of a request. One, my favorite food, hot dogs, followed closely by French crawlers. Everybody knows this about me. Oh, Paul, Paul. Idea, idea, idea. Whatever book you're drawn into, you need to be working on a food truck that serves hot dogs and crawlers. And crawlers. Amazing. Why don't we have hot dogs 
in crawler buns. That's know. sweet and savory together. It just makes sense. Makes sense. We should start it. I, Let's start this I'll, fan. I'll start this. I was going to say, it, what we need to do is whenever you guys get down here to visit, we, we need to kickstart this. We will go buy hot dogs. We will go buy crawlers. Mm-hmm. We will make crawler dogs, and that'll be a bag and board bite. I made crescent dogs. Not as good. Not that great. I have to admit, crawler dogs, not awesome. Bacon wrapped hot dogs, okay. You know, just okay. Have you tried the I like bacon wrapped hot dogs? Bacon wrapped hot dog in a crescent roll. Yeah, and then I take a what little bit. What kind of hot dog did you use? Sandwich. And then, uh, that's your problem. Yeah, I was going to say, that's your first mistake. And then uh, then I take a polio string cheese and like slice it into a fourth and also ra- have that wrapped in it to get to. Yeah, so. The cheesiness. The cheesiness, now, and then it becomes you, melty and gooey. Did good. you cook the hot dog first? No, they're pre- all hot dogs are pre-cooked. No, I know, but I mean, like, because what? You're just toasting it in your oven. Yeah. So, but, uh, so I'm you're, baking it. You're baking the, it, yeah. but yeah. does... With I a crescent roll. But it still doesn't have that grilled hot yeah, dog that taste. charred taste, and yeah. that's what I'm missing, yeah. Yeah. So I'm supposed to char it, let it cool down, and then bake it? Yeah. A twice-baked hot yeah, dog? Just, just grill it. It's going to be dried out. Just grill it. Why can't you put the dough, put it on there, and then grill it on the grill with the crescent? The crescent roll, you're going to char the, it's going to stick to the grill, the yeah. crescent roll, man. Come It'll on. burn off. You got a grill brush? Just scrub that thing. It won't come off the grill. Like me trying to serve it, I won't be able to get it off the grill. What you need to do is create a little thing that holds the hot dog up uh-huh. so the world doesn't Oh, man. This, this sounds like a job for Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> and where is he in the new Marvel, all-new, all-different Marvel Universe? Nowhere. But where is he with the all-new, all-different, all-new, all-different Magnum Boardcast Marvel <laughs> Universe? I'll tell you where. In my Fantastic Four book. The one that you've all been waiting for. <laughs> and expecting. Uh, Written by Peter David. No. <laughs> no. Uh, when they brought back the uh, Fantastic Four last time, uh, they brought in their big writer, which was Matt, Matt Fraction. And they're like, oh, it's Matt Fraction. He's doing this book. He just came off of the huge Marvel event, um, Fear Among Us, or whatever that really bad... Fear ham- Itself. Fear Itself book with all the silly hammers. It, he's going to come and rejuvenate the Fantastic Four. And before that, when they were relaunching the Fantastic Four, they brought back Mark Millar to come over with Brian Hitch to take this book to levels that nobody's ever seen before. And then after, you know, that was awful, they brought in Jonathan Hickman. People were like, who the hell is Jonathan Hickman? And then people quickly said, that is who the hell Jonathan Hickman is. Best writer ever (laughs) of Fantastic Four. He's great. Uh, So you need a big name. Some, and maybe somebody that hasn't been writing comics in about, I don't know, let's say five years. And somebody that hasn't done Marvel work for a lot longer than that. And somebody that can do the family, a small family tale with superheroes in it. And uh, I think you, you call upon one man. Somebody to decode this mystery. Somebody uh. somebody to do this for us, and that's Brad Meltzer. Yep. Chris got it. Yep. With no, I, I got it. And... uh Dale Gilshim would be on art because I really people you know when he did uh, his Fantastic Four run for a little bit um, I, I forget who I th- it was with uh, Hickman Hickman they were complaining that he made um, Mr. Fantastic look a little too buff 
but he, he made him look like an adventurer, like an old pulp adventurer, and I like that. I like that look. I like Dale Eaglesham. I think he can do the young kids really – he draw the young kids really well. almost said something horrible about the guy there. <laughs> he can draw the young, <laughs> younger kids well and make them look young. And he did a great job with Stargirl back when he did JSA. He, I'm a long-time long time fan of Dale Eaglesham. Really like his art. And Brad Meltzer, I really want him. See, I just want to see him do some comics work again. Uh, he used to do every other year, basically a book, and then take a year off from the novels and write some comics for a year. Uh, we got his Green Arrow run, and then we got his JSA or his Justice League run. We got um, the uh, twelve issue miniseries. Uh, what was it? Identity, Identity Crisis. Crisis. All really seminal great work for DC, and I would love for him to come over to Marvel. And I don't think there's a better book for him over at no. Marvel than Fantastic Four. And I'm dying to see him do some more comic book run work. Yeah, that we was, haven't seen it since uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That was a book that I never realized I wanted until you brought it up. Yeah. Because he was able to make me love and care about and feel remorseful about the Dibneys. Mm-hmm. In one issue. And you know what? If you have him on Marvel's First Family, that's just a great pick. I, I, it's, it's, the, it's the book he was born to write. Marvel? Disney? Come on. You got the money truck. Back that thing up. And also with Brad Meltzer, it just makes sense that he would want to write this book because he writes those books for Heroes for My Son, Heroes for My Daughter. And this book has both. Yeah. And it's... Uh, th- he is... Uh, just a, he's a fantastic writer that just captures you with everything that he does. I mean that his Justice League book, mm-hmm. it, they're freaking stuck in a building. I still come back to that. It's oh, the I'm, Vixen and in, uh, uh, Red Arrow. Red Arrow. Yeah. When they're stuck in the building collapse. Yeah. I still think it's probably one of my favorite single Justice, issues. Justice League. Yeah, single issues ever. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I think he won a Eisner for that issue in two thousand. What was it? Eight. It was. Yeah, it was a while ago. But it's just like, and right then, in with Identity Crisis, this guy on my map and then gone. <laughs> just totally gone from the world of comic books. And I've wanted him to come back ever since, and there's no book better for that guy to make his appearance. Like, I'm back uh, writing comic books, and I'm going to be doing Fantastic Four. I'd be there. I'd pick up that even, first issue. Even just him writing the Archer's Quest in Green Arrow, like, that... I think extended family book was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. We all knew what you were going to pick, Paul, but somehow you still managed to uh, <laughs> surprise well, us. You guys, I knew that you guys knew. I knew that you knew that I was Paul, coming with Fantastic Four. Paul, you don't have to play the role. Like you could pick something else. Yeah, but come on, how wouldn't I want this book? It's Brand Meltzer, Dale Englesham, Fantastic Four. I'm going to want this book until I die, until I, unless I get it. And then when I do get it, I want a Dale Eaglesham to draw me in as a hot dog vendor in front of the Baxter building. It's nice to have life goals. You should write, like, a letter to Eaglesham, like, in Cran, and make him think that you're, a, like, sure, I'll do this. Just send me a picture. And then you send it, and you're just like, we send that picture that we have that's, like, uh, when me in front of the Tron bike. That's no, 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 no! The the Paul in a car accident picture. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the picture that we have. It's when we used to do the 
the Ustream, uh-huh. and the camera froze on you, <laughs> and it looked like one of those pictures like, oh, this is uh, Rusty, who used to work construction here, and he's just passed away, and it's just you kind of like propped up, like looking really jolly. <laughs> remember it, but okay. Yeah. Chris knows exactly I, I what I'm talking uh, about. I think producer Scott still has it somewhere. <laughs> I have it printed out. I have a printed copy that I've been waiting Waiting. I forgot you had that. <laughs> and much like John's been waiting to use that, Paul, you've been waiting for people to rate and review us. Oh, I've been waiting for a new rating and review for so long. We all, we're at we're stuck at twenty nine ratings, and the reviews I haven't read a new one in months, almost almost a half a year now, and it's and sad. You know, it keeps us going. Getting your uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, it it lets me know that people actually are listening and liking what we do. Or at least, you know, letting us do it. Not, not hating it. I always took it as a silent yes. It's always a silent yes. They can also get in to contact us with us how? Like email? Well, email us over at contactabangboardcast.com or individually at Chris, John, or Paul at bangboardcast.com. Mm-hmm. And while you're online, make sure you like us over on the Facebook. I always get excited when I see oh, someone new has liked the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And you can always jump in and start a discussion there. We're always uh, will we're always happy to you know comment back and forth on any of our uh, posts that we put there. And if you see something interesting in the news that you would like us to discuss in our episodes, uh, post it to the Facebook page. Or uh, even if there's something you want us to talk about, whether it's a show idea, or if there's a book you think we should check out, let us know either on the Facebook or just by email. Like, we'll we'll do it. Uh, we're always happy when you guys send us like a new book for a trade and policy because it's something that we always end up really liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we always we're always appreciative of that. And we we do appreciate our fans. And I just want to uh, say quick, hey Texas Wingnut, I still have to send you what I want to send you. I just haven't had a chance to yet with moving to florida but it will be sent it will be sent i haven't forgotten about you i'm not just creepy and wanted to know your address for no reason like (laughs) i have plans don't worry it's not weird plans (laughs) sounds kind of weird i'm just gonna say it's not Uh, it's not 